My name is Sandy Adamitis, the social media director for the Page International Screenwriting Awards, and your host for the Writer's Hangout, a podcast that celebrates the many stages of writing, from inspiration to the first draft, revising, getting a project made, and everything in between. We'll talk to the best and the brightest in the entertainment industry and create a space where you can hang out, learn from the pros, and have fun. We're rolling. Hi, I'm Sandy Adamitis. And I'm Terry Sampson. Terry. Yep. You know how I always go, how was your week? Yeah, yeah I like that. Terry, how was your week? Let's talk about me. <laughs> Terry, I had an epiphany last Sunday. Okay. Can I tell you and the writers out there the story? An epiphany is not a French pastry, is it? <laughs> Just check, double checking. Seems like it should be. <laughs> While I was eating a croissant, of course. I had an epiphany last Sunday. Okay. Like the penny dropped, the heavens opened. Okay. Stepping back. Did I ever tell you I wrote a script for the ABC animated kids show Recess with my writing partner, Libby, and that script was nominated for a 1998 Humanitas Award? No. Wow. When I found out Libby and I, we were nominated for our very first writing endeavor. (laughs) Wow. I felt a mixture of shame with my happiness. Why would that be? Okay. My writing partner and I had pitch at recess. And recess, it's about fourth graders at Third Street School, TJ, Ashley, Vince, Gus, Grenchen, and Mikey. The show um, played with a balance between conformity and individuality. I really liked the show. It was popular with Ashley Johnson, Pamela Adlin, Better Things, and Alice Beasley. Okay, Libby, my writing partner, had been working on a television show called Beekman's World. And she met a writer named Phil Walsh. And Phil Walsh was writing on recess. And he got us in to pitch. We're so excited and grateful to Phil Mm -hmm. for getting us in. My job at that time was an assistant to a producer in development on the Paramount lot. The day of the pitch, Libby showed up. I was in this two-room office in the Von Sternberg building, <laughs> and we were going to drive over the hill together. My old boss called right before Libby and I started to gather up our stuff. He was upset, and he said to me, I know you're going off to pitch, but I have to tell you something. I'm in love with you. What? What? My body froze (laughs) a little like it's freezing right now. And you didn't go with you and everybody else? Because that no. because you knew it wasn't a joke or anything. No, okay. I I I shut down. My oh, body sure. froze and I felt really, really tiny. <laughs> um I bent over like I had a stomach ache. I remember <laughs> I know. <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> and you know, I, is he in front of you or on the phone? No, it's on the phone. Okay. Well the, I imagine that live would have been fantastic. I'm sorry, you're over you're bent over. What the, no, what no, the, I kinda like yeah, that's not a, like if you go, I love you and somebody bends over like they're gonna throw up. <laughs> There's a that's a TV show. No, but I did. I kinda like bent over. And I remember I had my hand on my head and I'm and I and I'm gripping the phone. 
And when I spoke, I did it in a low tone. (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't want to embarrass him Uh by Libby overhearing (laughs) what we're talking about. I was very clear. Nothing was going to happen between the two of us. But I soothed and calmed him, Terry. I babied him. Okay. I um I made excuses for his behavior. I I cared for the man. Right. I really, really cared for him. Um and and I made that horrible conversation for me easy on him. That's just who I was at that time. And, you know, maybe... Well, I don't know all of the... And none of us deserve all of the the, the went-alongs with in this. But I think that's a, a lovely thing. I mean, you know, you could say, you know, well, you're out of your mind. Yeah. I don't feel that way at all with you. I have a big pitch. <laughs> I got a big pitch. I can't do this <laughs> right now. Oh. oh, I forgot about the pitch for a second because... Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, no. He wasn't just calling me up to say I'm in love with you. He knew we were going off to the pitch. And he started the conversation with, I know you're going off to that pitch. Well, what? But what? I have to tell you something. I uh, hung up. I told Libby, like, really quickly what <laughs> happened. And I, I saw the look on her face. And it was, you can't put that on me right now. This is too much. <laughs> so I dropped it completely. Just, you know, I'm sure I did a wave of my hand like, oh, isn't that crazy? I I did not want to put that on her. And I needed to uh, put it in the back of my mind and go to the pitch. And I just shut down emotionally. Sure. When I think of it now, I do get angry. Let me interrupt this very poignant moment and and ruin it with my comment. Okay. Is Libby a funny woman by chance? Very funny. Wouldn't it have been right if she said, oh, I had this call 10 minutes ago? See, that would have just vaporized the whole thing, oh, yeah. and you would have went, you'd have laughed, and you would probably not taken it seriously. Right. But yes. see, that's where you need a second Libby like me to yes. be around to say this stupid thing, and off you go. Yes, right. <laughs> Did I make it seem like I was mad at Libby at all? No. Oh, okay, cool. No, I was not mad at Libby. No, no, I, no. I totally was with Libby on that of let's just take sure this off the table. I, but I you know this is such a ridiculous thing yes. to have happened yes the timing okay <laughs> so we're driving towards Highland to get on the freeway and I remember this very distinctly Libby used to do this thing every single time when we drove together I don't like to drive Libby would always drive she would put her purse in the back seat because i was in the passenger seat as soon as we went to get on the freeway as soon as we went to merge she would reach in the back and look backwards and reach and search for her cigarettes (laughs) and it used to scare the heck out of me because you know what it's like highland to get on the 101 and try to get over four lanes uh to get off to get off to the valley it is a nightmare, and that is always when she chose to shuffle in the, the her purse. Scared the heck out of me, but there was also a Thelma and Louise vibe to it <laughs> that I kind of really liked. Well, you could we take were it, dangerous yes, at that moment. You could have taken your step for this. See, if I was around to write this scene, I would change this one. You would, you'd see her starting to, to move over there. Mm-hmm. You slap her hand, you move back, grab it, and you start a cigarette for her. <laughs> 
We're getting this job done, you and I, right now. And here's here's your cig. It's 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 lit and ready to go because you don't you don't smoke, right? No. No. See what a dramatic moment that would have been. I do think there were times when I'd say, "Lib, do you want me to you know get your get your cigarettes for you?" But that moment had to happen first. So. Livy, wow. you were absolutely adorable in those moments, <laughs> even though you nearly killed us. Okay, so we get to recess. We're at the pitch, and I soon learn Phil Walsh hates me with every fiber of his being. He would only speak to Libby in our presence. If it was just the three of us, he would only speak to Libby. And during the pitch... I said something like, um, this happened to me in kindergarten. Phil pointed at me and barked, don't ever begin a pitch like that. Don't ever say something happened to you. You sound like an amateur. Wow. Ouch. No one at the table said a word. And I just continued with the pitch. And Phil would only give Libby notes And he never spoke to me unless I spoke to him first. He hated me. Based on what? I do not know. The pitch was successful. Libby and I each pitched like three or four ideas. Libby and I wrote five scripts for Recess. Wow. Before it was canceled. One of the scripts that we wrote was a science fair to remember. Was nominated for a Humanitas Prize. Amy Sherman Palladino, Craig Mazin, Guillermo del Toro, all won Humanitas Awards. Since 1974, the Humanitas Prize has been awarded to honor professional film and television writers. This is off their website. Writers whose work exemplifies the art of screenwriting while exploring the human condition in a nuanced and meaningful way. You get 20K. and Yeah, as one of the prize. Uh, Humanitas is the Latin noun meaning human nature, civilization, and kindness. Now, in 1974, Reverend Elwood Bud Kaiser went for a swim in the Pacific Ocean, and he got a brilliant idea to change the television landscape in which he believed was not fulfilling its potential to both entertain and uplift audiences. He was a priest and a producer, and he started the Humanitas Awards. In the water. In the water, the Pacific Ocean. Do you think he was near... Where Thelma Todd's restaurant. I think, <laughs> yes. Remember the whole episode yes. about Thelma Todd being murdered? Yeah. Terry, hold on to your hat. I don't, let me get one. All right, it's on. Humanitas took over that complex and they had their offices where Thelma Todd get was murdered. Get out. Nope. Uh, that's fairly spooky then. Yeah. All comes together. Yep. Life is but a circle. <laughs> we are all connected in this vast universe. Now, a science fair to remember was my baby. There were other scripts where Libby took the lead, but it was my idea. I pitched it and I birthed that script. Libby added in her quirky and offbeat style and she lifted it up. Libby is really talented. A science fair to remember, that wasn't my title. And it's the only episode that Libby and I wrote where the title was changed. 
that script assigns fair to remember was based on the movie All About Eve. Now, All About Eve is the backstory revolving around an inspiring actress, Eve Harrington, and a Broadway uh, megastar, Margot Channing, played by Betty Davis. Margot takes Eve under her wing, and Eve doesn't have good intentions. It was written and directed by Joseph Mankiewicz. Betty Davis eats the screen and her wardrobe. Go watch it. Watch it this weekend. It is a wonderful movie. So I assumed A Science Fair to Remember is a play on An Affair to Remember. That was the 97 movie about a man and a woman who fall in love on um, a cruise to Europe. And despite both being married, they agree to meet at the top of the Empire State Building six months later, which... Gives birth to... Sleep is in Seattle. Yes. However, an unfortunate accident keeps her from the reunion. Fast forward, if you don't want to hear this, she gets hit by... That's fast forwarding. Go ahead. (laughs) She gets hit by a car, hides it from him, so she isn't a burden to him. So she's like, oh, I don't want this affair. She's sitting on a couch. She hides her legs with a blanket and just says, I don't want to have this affair. And it's all because (laughs) she doesn't want to burden him. That was not what I based... Yeah, yeah. The script on <laughs> is, is basically yeah. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> During the development process for the script, we handed in beat sheets and outlines before being told to go to script. During the development process, Libby got notes from Phil because remember, Phil wouldn't talk to me. She got notes from Phil and I have the emails where she's saying, you know, I don't understand. Per Libby, Phil seemed preoccupied and uninterested in the script. I believe Libby also got some notes from another writer, Mark Drop. I remember Mark Drop as being a really chill, nice guy. And unlike Phil, who literally sneered at me when he spoke to me, (laughs) (laughs) Mark would look me in the eye when I spoke to him. Wow, what a treat. It was such a special (laughs) treat. When the episode aired, an extra name was on the writing credits. Writer Bart Jeanette, who was on staff at recess. Oh, by the way, Libby and I would hand in our scripts, written by Sandy Adamitis and Libby Badeau, alphabetically, how it's done. On the air and in the final drafts of the scripts, Libby's name was switched to first. That showed that showed you, right? Yeah. No way did ABC, Disney, or the creators request that. I never spoke to the creators. Paul Germain and, and Joe Anasolaba here. I never met them, nor did I expect to meet them. Mm-hmm. That had Phil written all over it. I, I do not think Disney would have cared. So when I saw Bart's name on the script, I thought... I couldn't deliver on something I wrote that spoke to me as who I was as a writer. Wow. Now, did Bart ever call you and tell tell you he loved you? No. No. (laughs) No. He never called to tell me that. Well, that's the saddest part of this whole thing. You know, All By Eve, again, was one of my favorite movies. And 
One of the things is in that movie, the two women are throwbacks to when women rarely got along on screen. I purposely kept the deceit and fun in the script, but Gretchen gets the upper hand through kindness and generosity, not by cutting the younger woman off at the knees. And this is before Barbie. <laughs> I don't want you to know. They could have come to me. It was who I wanted to be as a writer. There you go. That's what that script was. Yeah. And I felt the script was so bad, they had to put this extra person on it, and I was a loser. Now, another script of ours had additional names attached, Mark Drop and Phil Walsh. Uh, I have to double-check my notes, but I think that script was an idea they came up with. Sometimes when you were pitching, it would spark something to somebody on staff and they would take it and kind of shape shift it, but you would walk away with getting that script. And I think that's what happened with Stand Up Randall. So when I saw those two names attached to the script, I was like, cool. They literally handed us that script. I'm sure they did the rewrite, which is normal Mm -hmm. and cool. I'm glad their names are on the script. For those listeners who don't know this, and some co-hosts who aren't sure about it, so you're fully paid at the correct rate. Yes. And then they glob on somebody, and you don't make less money. Correct. Okay. No but, matter what, I was we were paid the full amount, but there was there are no unions to protect you to say. Mm-hmm. Why is this other writer on? How much has the script changed that this writer gets to be on? Right. And there's no reason given to you prior to the... Correct. And I immediately thought it was because I was a bad writer and I lost all my confidence mixed in with the joy. Right. Uh, Let's move ahead uh, to where we are right now. Uh, Let's say that, of course, writers are going to get back to work anytime now. Is it expected that they kind of are in on the, by the way, we're adding Bob on this because he's going to rewrite or take a look at a scene. Is the communication better? W is a union. And if a project is uh, given to another writer and they do a rewrite and they put their name on it, it will go to arbitration and the guild will decide if that additional writer gets to be on your script because the money involved in that gets big and complicated. With Recess, there was just one payment. But with a movie, getting a sole credit could give you a or twenty thousand, thirty thousand, fifty thousand dollar bonus. What you get paid gets chopped. Okay. So it is important right. who's on the credit. So Science Fair members nominated for Humanitas Award. Libby and I attend the ceremony. It was up on Universal, the Hilton Drew shirt, and I can't remember which one. Huge room, lots of people, lovely. Phil and Bart were there. Oh wait, I rode up in the elevator with Libby. Phil, I think Bart, and I had heard that Phil had been dieting and he had lost weight, and I was really proud of losing that weight. I heard he lost it by barking across the (laughs) tables, that's what I had heard. So I said to him, hey, Phil, you look great. Oh. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm such a sucker. (laughs) 
And his response? He leaned into my ear and he said, dieting, try it. Oh, man. No. Yep. Phil. Phil hated me, I'm telling you. That feels like Phil hated everybody. (laughs) Okay. I was, uh, you know, I, yeah. Okay. (laughs) At the luncheon, I saw some friends, and Libby and I went to go find uh, Harvey Firestein. Harvey Firestein was also nominated in our category. Harvey is an actor and a playwright and a screenwriter, and he's known for his gravelly voice. He was in Torch Song Trilogy, Hairspray, Mrs. Doubtfire, Independence Day. Anyways, we ran up to him. To intimidate him? (laughs) Yes. We ran up to him and we were like, Harvey, we're your competition. (laughs) Run, Harvey. And he went, oh, darlings, darlings. (laughs) To this day, I don't know if the oh was in solidarity with us. Oh, I'm going to (laughs) win. I really don't know which one. Yeah, I couldn't tell from that either. Harvey won. Oh, he did. Yes, he did. For a duck. It was some kind of duck story. I'm sure it's adorable and great. I'm anyway, sure the duck story was fantastic. I'm sure he did the voice <laughs> for the duck. Anyways, I just tucked it all away. I just put it all in the back of my head and just moved on. People would ask me about the recess nomination, and I would just shrink. I, I didn't even remember why I was shrinking away anymore from something that I was so proud of. I just knew that whenever recess humanitas was brought up, I felt bad. Yeah. I felt like I let... I felt bad. Yeah. Okay. Last Monday, 20 years later... Some 20 years later. <laughs> yes. I was walking into my bedroom and I asked myself... Self? In my head. Yeah, no, in my head. <laughs> okay. It wasn't out loud, but right. self. I went, why did Bart... Or recess attach his name to a science fair to remember. It's on my list to ask you right in front of me. I never asked that question before because I immediately went to no self confidence. Oh, okay. Again, I get that the other script had additional names, but how bad could the script have been? I mean, it was the fourth of five. Yeah, you've already proved yourself. Look, some producer could have just thrown the first draft of A Science Fair to Remember on Bart's desk and said, fix this POS. He could have felt like he did so much work, he deserved to have his name on it. Or the person who asked Bart to do the rewrite could have felt that Bart did so much work that his name should have been on it. Again, this wouldn't happen. When you have a union, so go SAG, WGA. Yeah, go SAG. I mean, who's going to protect me at recess? Phil? Not Phil. (laughs) I don't think so. I believe he's the biggest bully in the whole recess area. (laughs) So between Libby, myself, and Bart's work, a science fair to remember was submitted to the Humanitas Prize. That's the good part of the story. On a side note, I've been in the business long enough to know now... Producers, writers sometimes reverse engineer awards. Do you know what I mean by that? Yep. You write an episode that lines up with the prestigious entity that you might perhaps want to win an award from. Mm -hmm. GLAAD, Humanitas Prize, Peabody, Image Award, 
For instance, the Humanitas Prize has been awarded to honor professional film and television writers, again from their website, whose work exemplifies the art of screenwriting while exploring the human condition in a nuanced, meaningful way. The human condition was all throughout a science fair to remember. Mm -hmm. So did somebody at recess see the potential and jump on Yes. Maybe my script? Yeah, somebody named Bart. I wish I saw that back then. Not that I could have done anything. About it. About it. I would never have thought to take Bart's name off the script. But I wouldn't let the whole thing cut me so exactly. deep You'd as have, it did. Yeah. Well, this falls into... Terry's rule, number one, of the Los Angeles experience, and that is Hollywood and show business in general is stupid. It's just stupid. There's there's a layer of that floating around. I can see it from here. <laughs> it just floats around. It's, it's best if you can stay out of its way. Yes. And it's worse when it costs you something. Now... We're talking about two kinds of cost. The one I'm worried about mostly is coins and dollar bills. But this did cost you a moment of questioning yourself. So my suggestion, never let that happen again. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Um, and I'm being picky here because you were being generous. That moment Kind of times infinity for me. It's it yeah. was, it's it's rough. Yeah, but you move on. You do move on, writers. I wish I had somebody in my life at that time to tell me Phil was a horrible person, and just because he gave you a chance, it doesn't mean he gets to verbally and emotionally abuse you. Writers, I want to leave you with this. Be your strength. I was sexually harassed and bullied in one day, and that isn't even my worst story. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it can be challenging pursuing your dreams, but treat everyone around you with respect and do not put all your trust in people who are looking out for themselves to be looking out for you. I'm going to trademark that. Yeah. But it's true. People are looking out for themselves. They don't necessarily think they're screwing you over. They're just doing what they think is what's going to get them to the next step. I'm not advocating crushing people. None of that. Uh, just for the uh, record, I am. But keep going. <laughs> you are the exception yeah. to the rule. I am role. the one guy that, yeah. You got to protect yourself. Yes, you do. But protect yourself with dignity and... Amen. Perfect. That's a wrap for the Writer's Hangout. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, like, and thrive. Till we get to hang out again, keep writing. The world needs your stories. The Writer's Hangout is sponsored by the Page International Screenwriting Awards. Executive producer, Kristen O'Vern. Producers, Terry Sampson and Sandy Adamitis. Music by Ethan Stoller.